Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your pilot, Daniel French. I sent Joseph Carabas into the spectral streams in an observation bucket to check out his signal. I'm reading here that he's definitely a good distance into the future, and he's somewhere around the North Pole of Mars. Well, I guess we'll just have Joseph Carabas narrate what he's seeing out there. Enjoy. The Vega parked over Mars' northern pole a small pleasure shuttle attached to one of its docking pods. Occasionally, the shuttle clanged against the Vega. The other docking pod was exposed but empty. The little woman sitting at the table, packed in makeup like a parody of a Hollywood star, seemed much smaller than he remembered. You look good, Ma. Nice to see you again. She nodded but said nothing. Her shuttle clanged and she stood up. Hey, don't worry, Mom. My docking collars lost their smarts a while back, and I haven't had a chance to repair them. Eh, it's nothing. So, are uh, you sure I can't get you anything to eat? Maybe something to drink? I can make some coffee, no problem. I... I didn't think a ship this small would have a kitchen. Normally it wouldn't, but there are some things I wouldn't give up. The smell of fresh-brewed coffee first thing in the morning, for one. Yes. Coffee would be nice. She looked up as some lights winked on the panel beside her. This is a scimitar ship? It's awfully small. Scimitar class. It can't be too big when you're moving between asteroids. There's lots of power for scything and towing, lots of facility and equipment for artifact extraction, and lots of smarts to know when to do one or the other. You... you look good. Her eyes moving from panel to panel in the small cabin. Yeah, thanks. So, what's all this about? Your father and I are, um, getting a divorce. All right, it's about goddamn time. His mother started crying and he concentrated on the smell of the freshly brewing coffee, waiting until her tears passed. Let me guess. This is Pa's idea, right? She pulled out a handkerchief and nodded as she wiped her eyes. We're fighting over the settlement. So these impromptu calls from you and the old man are for what? Visitation rights? Huh. And neither of you so much as send me a birthday card in 12 years, and now I get two calls in one day. Come into Ma's North Pole, a family emergency. What am I going to do? I've always done whatever your father said. He always said he knew what was best. He didn't answer at first, gauging his own emotions, wondering if he should let his feelings out. You believe he always knew what was best? She nodded. For you? She continued to nod, sobbing into her handkerchief. What about for me? What? What do you mean for you? Look at me, Ma. You think this is the best for me? He's your father. He didn't know what he was doing. First, neither you nor Pa knows what a father is. As far as I'm concerned, my father is E.J. Orstad down at Space Flight Systems. He got me this job. He took care of me. He nursed me back to health after that bastard you called a husband beat me so bad... Second, even if he didn't know what he was doing, you sure as hell did. Or are you going to tell me you thought it was normal for fathers to beat their sons to the point where they bled, where their legs were broken, their faces smashed? I didn't know. You didn't know. You stood there and watched every fucking time you watched. 
I remember you standing at the door to my room and pleading with him to stop, but doing the same thing you're doing now. I was scared. Here's your coffee. God, that's strong. You're welcome. I don't have a lot of guests. Kitchen needs a new servo anyway. Son, whatever you think of your father, whatever you think of me, we were a family. We may not have been the best family, but we were a family. You had it bad, but so did we. That's not an excuse, Ma. If you didn't like what happened to you as a kid, you go talk to your parents about it. And I don't know what you call a family, but what I had wasn't a family. It was a concentration camp. You always in the kitchen and him always in the garage? You didn't need a son. You needed a mediator. I always wanted a family. I never had one. You're going to tell me now that I still might? I never will, Ma. Never. That's Paul coming to tell me his side of life. Don't worry, I don't take sides. I can't. All I can do now is see to my own needs and wants. As soon as I get around to them anyway, you're gonna stay or leave before he gets here. She looked down for a sink. Her cup was still full of coffee and ringed with lipstick marks. Don't worry, Ma, I'll take care of that. She nodded and placed a folded paper with a space court jurisdictional seal under the cup. Goodbye, son. What's that? A claim. A subpoena with writ to a claim. A what? A subpoena? How the hell am I going to appear in court? She had her back to him, straightening her dress and clutching her bag tightly to her. You don't have to appear. It says you're my property. Your father threatened to lay claim to you when he found out how much you made as a scimitar. I told my lawyer to lay claim first to make sure your father didn't get a cent. He'll probably lay claim too. Don't worry, son. I'll take care of you. His mother shuttled disengaged from the docking collar. He watched through camera eyes as she made a wide berth on the far side of him from her husband. Hey, son. Those docking collars look damn sloppy. Is it safe for me to come over there? He closed the communications to his mother and father and watched them continue their dance. One toward and the other away and him always in the middle. I will never have family. I'll never have the family I wanted. Part of the system which allowed him to see to his own needs fired briefly, and he registered the change in potential as, The hell I won't. As his mother's ship started to fall planet-side, the Vega's caterpillar engaged, holding both shuttles and toroidal plasma arms. Scything lasers began to carve out pieces of the ships. Alarm calls ping from both shuttles. He hummed through the comm as his lasers sliced their communications pods before they could signal planet side. Steadily, his lasers moved towards the passenger bays, at which point needle-thin lasers made their cut slowly, delicately, almost tenderly. In a few moments, his parents' bodies, bloated and ruptured, were drawn into the forward observation bay. They gave me the knowledge to be self-repairing, so let's see how much I can repair. Waldos rolled the bodies over a few times as he scanned memory, calling up anatomy, neurophysiology, and neurotopography charts. Satisfied, his manipulator arms and lasers went to work. The frozen space high above Mars' northern pole made the work easy. 
keeping tissue in stasis as he adjusted cameras and lasers and manipulators and Waldos to do the sensitive work of removing the necessary brain functions, only the necessary ones, and wiring them into the kitchen and docking subsystems. Memories? Some. Definitely need motor skills. Some sensory input, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll work, that's good. Two hours later, he began reheating the kitchen servo and docking port controls. Ma, Pa, can you hear me? Yes, son. What can I do for my wonderful boy? Her voice sounded from the kitchen servos. The docking ports moved silently for a moment, then answered in his father's voice. Huh? Oh, sorry, son. I guess I was napping. Beautiful day, huh? Why do you say the three of us go on a picnic? The scimitar broke out of Mars' North Polar. Sure. Let's. Ah, uh, my chronosphere passengers, you just heard The Settlement, written and narrated by Joseph Carabas. Son was voice acted by Spencer Frederick. Mom was voice acted by Caitlin Curtis. The part of father, all editing, mixing, sound effects, and sound design are by Daniel French of Fishbonia Sound Design. Chronosphere Fiction has a virtual tip jar on Venmo. If you have Venmo and you want to help us out, it's at Fishbonius, F-I-S-H-B-O-N-I-U-S. Well, as you all know, there was a uh, little bit of a breakup over the last few months in the spectral streams and in places like where you're at. And as a result of that, some of your favorite Chronosphere series are a little bit behind schedule, but don't worry, folks, they're coming. Portlock 11 and Gafgarn 15 will be out soon, followed by Generation Z of Outlaws and Lawmen and Corporate Punishment. Do your best to stay safe and happy out there. Until next time, keep your cosmos clean.